Good day. Hope everyone had a blessed and wonderful week. We're going to continue on today in the Gospel of John in chapter 15. We'll be covering verses 10 through 17. And if you remember, there's a two-part lesson to the section in the first half of John chapter 15. So today we'll be on the second half of that lesson. And Jesus teaches about the vine and the branches. Part two is the title of today's lesson. So if you remember from last week, let's review from last week. We've seen that Jesus was talking once again to his disciples and he was telling his disciples, he was teaching them about the vine and the branches, how the branch needs to be attached to the vine in order to produce good fruit, if you remember, right? But he goes also to tell us that God the Father is the gardener, right? So he prunes away those that aren't producing good fruit. In other words, you get cast aside, you get, you get tossed aside, cast aside. And Jesus goes on to tell us in last week's lesson, what happens is that you end up getting thrown away and burned. And he's speaking about destruction. He's speaking about the lake of fire. So the whole lesson of last week was that Jesus expects us, where God the Father, through his son Jesus, expects us to be the branch on that vine that's constantly producing good fruit. And Jesus says, if, if you know me, I am in you or you, you are in me, and thus you're going to produce what? Good fruit. And of course, we do that today by means of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to continue on in this lesson in part two where Jesus is teaching about the vine and teaching about the branches. So we're going to start in verse 10. So open up your Bibles to John chapter 15 and today we'll be covering verses 10 through 17. Starting in verse 10, Jesus says this, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that you may have joy and that you may be in me and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down his life for one's friend. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I will call you friends for everything that I have learned from my father. I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command, love each other. So let's go back up to verse 10. And Jesus, once again, he's continuing on this discussion with his disciples. And he tells us in verse 10, he tells his disciples, and he's also speaking to us, right? Now remember, he's talking to his disciples, but we as followers of Christ, right? As one bearing fruit, as that branch that's attached to that vine, that vine's being Jesus, and we are the branch. We're also his disciples. Because if you bear much fruit, we learned last week, he does what? He's very pleased with you because the Father, this is what pleases the Father. So he's saying, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Now here it is, right? He's telling us right here, plain and simple, that if you keep his commands, then you're going to continue on and remain in his love. So he's given us an indication of how to stay in his love. 
right? So this is how we should look at it. See, the question isn't this, does God love me? Man, God loves you. That's a hundred percent guarantee that God loves you. But the question that we should ask ourselves is this, how do I remain in his love? Because if you remain in him, if you remain in his word, if you remain in his commandments, if you follow the truth of God, amen. If you walk in obedience to him by means of the Holy Ghost, right? Then you're going to remain in his love. He says, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. So Jesus is telling us here that he kept his father's commandments. And if we truly are his disciples, then we must also do the same through him. We must walk in obedience to him. We must follow him. We must follow his truth. We must bear great fruit. We must be attached to that vine always. Amen. Verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So we see that he's speaking over and over and over in this passage about remaining. He talks about remaining. Remaining in me, remaining in the vine, remaining in good deeds, remaining in good works, remaining in producing good fruit, remaining in his love, remaining in his words, remaining in his commandments, right? Over and over and over, he's talking about remaining, which is showing us this, that we must be obedient to him. Because disobedient is what leads to joy. Look what he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So he's speaking about joy. So if you remain in him, what's the outcome of that? If you remain in him, if you remain in his love and in, in, in his commandments, right? All those things that he's been talking about, that produces joy. And this should be what each and every one of us is searching for. This should be our ultimate goal in life. It's to have this type of joy that he gives us, right? We should look forward to this joy. Now, why is that? Because this joy, it only comes from him. And this joy that he gives us is a joy of peace. It's a joy of comfort. It's a joy of satisfaction, you can say. Contentment, right? And, and this is what everyone wants in their life. And the question is, how do we find this? We find it only in one person by means of the Holy Spirit, and that's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we definitely, we definitely don't find this in things of the world like most people. Because things of the world are only temporary, right? Meaning it's going to go away. But meaning temporary this also. You're not really joyful, right? Because people that seek things of this world never satisfy. People that have more money want, always want more money. People that have power always want more power. They're, all, they're never content. They're never satisfied. But when you walk with Jesus, when you're producing fruit, when you are in him and he is in you, then you are at a peace. There's a joy that comes from it. There's a comfort that comes from him. And he's the only one that can give that by means of the Holy Spirit. So what this passage is telling us is that as long as we do his will, which is the Father's will, but it's through Jesus. As long as we remain in His Word and His truth, we continue to bear fruit. In other words, do good works. Now, good works doesn't save you. Works does not save people. Understand that. 
It's the grace of God through his faith in his son, Jesus Christ. And what Jesus did at the cross by the shedding of his blood. Amen. That's what saves you. True faith in Jesus. Right. But as long as we are that branch connected to him, the vine. Right. Then and only then are we going to receive that true joy. So notice we can't create our own joy. We can't make our own joy. We, we can only have an opportunity to receive it. And receiving that is, is, is accepting the Holy Spirit, inviting the Holy Spirit, right? Living to be obedient, producing fruit, right? Because, because the only, that's the only way we can receive it. Because He gives it to us. He meaning Jesus Christ. And today we get it by means of the Holy Ghost, amen? So we can't create this ourselves. We can only get it. Through a relationship with Jesus by walking in his spirit. Hallelujah. Verse 12. My command is this, Jesus says, to love each other as I have loved you. Now this word command here in this scripture relates to joy. You see, when we obey his commandments, when we're walking in the spirit, right? Because if you're walking in the spirit, you're definitely going to obey him. You're going to obey his truth. You're going to obey his commandments. Then that is the joy that comes upon us when we seek Him, right? When we follow Him, when we lean on Him, when we trust in Him, when we have faith in Him, right? And that joy comes only by means of the Holy Ghost. He says, love each other as I have loved you. Now, once again, how do we love someone else? Man, Jesus thought, He, he taught us this very well, right? If you look at the commandments, right, what He says, we must first, what? Love the Lord God Almighty, but love others. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? And we can demonstrate this love that Messiah has given to us, right? This divine love, this true love, this agape love, right? By going out and demonstrate this love in everything we do in every person that we meet in our life. So, how do we do this? We do this through the gospel. We do this through his word, right? We should take his word and we should apply it to our own life. You see, if we take the commandments of God. Now, let's just talk. Let's just look at the Ten Commandments, right? Because in the law, in the Old Testament, in the Torah, there were 613 commandments, laws. But let's just take the ten that God the Father gave Moses, right? When we look at those Ten Commandments, you will find that, they can be divided into only two categories. Loving God or our responsibilities to love someone else. So you can say that these Ten Commandments were either loving our Lord and Savior with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Or Jesus says we love our neighbor, what? As ourself, right? And when I love our neighbor, when I love the person I come in contact with, right? I'm loving God. That's what that means. So joy, obedience, the love of his commandments, they all work together. For what, you might say? They all work together for the purposes of God. Now, how did Jesus love us? He demonstrated this. He showed us his love. How? By dying for us. By suffering on the cross. And this is what he's challenging us to do. He wants us to live, you can say, a sacrificial life, right? Because you see, 
He wants us to live a life for other people, not a life for ourselves. And that's where we miss it. I mean, why did Jesus go to the cross? Think about that question. Did he do it because he, he if, because his own will? Because it was his own plan? No. Just the opposite of what I just said. He did it because it was the Father's will. And like, like he did this, right? Because he's setting an example for us. First, he did it so we can get to know him and be with him and the Father and the eternal kingdom of God. But he did it also for our freedom. He did it also so we can go and make a difference in other people's lives and bring them to him so they can enter the kingdom of God. Amen. So he brings us victory, victory for us, but also victory for what? For the kingdom. And this is what we were created for. See, once we do this, right? Once we bring people to Christ, once we love on people, once we show people compassion, right? We bless people. We're producing good fruit, you can say. Once we do all of this, this is what's pleasing to God. Because we're denying self, we're picking up the cross like Jesus did, and we're following him. Meaning what? We're denying self and putting others first. Because Jesus always put others first. And Jesus expects us to follow and take on his character. To take on his attributes. To live the way that he lived while he was on this earth. Amen? Verse 13, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. So putting people first and serving people, that's what it's about because that's what Jesus did. And Jesus wants us to pour our, our dreams, our aspirations, right? Our wants to put all these things aside and to bless others. Now, is there anything wrong with dreams and aspirations and goals? No, absolutely not. Don't get me wrong. There's not, Right? Because you need to be goal-driven. You have to be. But understand this. Make sure if that goal is reached and that dream is reached, that dreams come true, that you are producing much fruit for the kingdom of God. Amen? I mean, you need to work for the Lord. You need to work for the kingdom. You need to bless others. You need to love on others. You need to put others' needs first before your own. That's what the message is saying. So you can dream, you can, you, can, you, you can have aspirations and dreams and goals. That's fine. But if, if he gives you that, then he expects you to use that to bless others. He expects you to use that to bless his kingdom, amen? Because it's all about what? The kingdom of God. That's our eternal destination, people. Verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. Notice what he says here. He uses the word friends. He says, you are my friends if you do what I say, if you do what I command. Now, friends means to like or to, or, or to please. Now, Jesus and God the Father will always love you. He loves us. But this is the question we need to ask ourselves. Is he always pleased with us? You see, we please God only when we be obedient to him. We follow his will. We follow his purposes and his plans that he has for our life. And when we follow truth. So all this has to do with obedience. See, and Jesus likes us if we are obeying him. So the question that you need to ask yourself today, 
right now is are you living a life at this very moment that pleases him? Are you living a life that he likes? Verse 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. Now, this is a very important verse. Well, each verse is important, but this right here, we should pay special attention to it because he says, I no longer call you servant. So he's saying right here, you, you're no longer my servant. Now, why is that? Because a servant has no authority in anything. A servant is just called to carry out things, right? In other words, you can say that a servant is a pawn in his master's hand. But Jesus, he isn't like this to us. Why do I say that? Because look what he says at the next text in the verse. Because a servant does not know his master's business. You see, God wants us to follow him. God wants us to know his plan that he has for us. The purpose that we are living on this earth is for a kingdom reason. And he wants us to know this. So in a way, you can say he wants us to know his business. Right? He wants us to follow him because he's going to reveal his business, you can say, to us when we walk in obedience to him because he wants us to do his will. Now, why is that? Because the outcome and his plan all has to do with the eternal kingdom of God. It is a kingdom where the blessed and the righteousness of God is going to be experienced for each and every one of us that is obedient to him and follow his will and his plan. You see, he wants us to know this and understand this so we won't be in darkness, right? He wants us to know this plan that, that he has for, his, for us, meaning his kingdom, because everything is spiritual. Everything is kingdom purpose with Jesus, right? And he wants us to seek the lost. He wants us to convert, to convert the lost, to convert and change people so that we introduce them to Jesus. So we introduce them, or he can, by means of the Holy Spirit, so they can be converted into the kingdom of God, to enlarge his kingdom. Because you see, once you reach someone, the Bible says all of heaven rejoices when one person is saved, right? And that is a crown that you will receive. Every person that you bring in, that's a reward at the bema seat of Christ. That you will receive a crown to place back at the feet of our father. Amen. Because when you convert someone, when you change someone to Jesus, to follow Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus, that person goes on to touch other people. And that's how the kingdom of God is enlarged, people. We, are need, we need to, to seek out the lost, seek out the sick. Bless those that need blessings. Help those that need help. Love those that need loving, right? Show compassion and mercy on people. Take on the character of Jesus because it's a cycle that goes down. You convert one and another person converts another person. And, another, and that's how the kingdom of God is enlarged. And we continue to do this until he calls us. He calls us home, amen? So because of this, he's telling us we are committed to him. We are committed to the father. We are committed to the kingdom. And because of this, his kingdom is going to be large, is going to be enlarged. And this is the purpose he laid, laid down his life for us. Amen. But he continues on in this scripture. 
the last text, he tells us, instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father. I've made known to you. So here's another biblical truth that he's telling us right here that he's trying to reveal us in this passage. And if we ignore this, right, we're going to be in a position to follow darkness. Now, why do I say that? Because he's speaking here about revelation. He says, instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father. I have this. This is what he says. I have made known to you. This is all about revelation. See, he told us earlier, the difference between a servant and you, a disciple, is that my disciples, right? My disciples know my business, right? They're just not given orders because a servant just gives orders. He's a pawn to the master, right? But he's saying, I'm not like that. I'm going to tell you what I want you to do. They know. And if they know, then you need to do. That's what he's stressing here, right? He's saying, I, I, I no longer call you servants because everything I hear is from my father. I will tell you. Now, what is he talking about right here? Why do I say revelation? What do I mean? You see, when... I obey the purposes of God. When you obey the purposes of God, it's going to be a catalyst for our life, for revelation. He's going to reveal things to you. In other words, obedience leads to a greater understanding of the things of God and His kingdom. Right? And it's only through this obedience that we're going to see the light of illumination that's turned on in our life. It's turned on in my life. It's turned on in your life, right? So to recap what he says here, he says, you aren't like slaves that just hears orders, right? But you understand the purposes behind the orders that I give. And I expect you to go out and to fulfill those purposes. Amen. Verse 16. You did not choose me, he says, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. You did not choose me, he says. Now, this word choose is the same word that we know as election. Now, why do I say that, right? Because election means you're given a choice. Let me give you an example, right? When you go to vote for someone, right, you get to choose which candidate you think is best for that job. Well, God the Father, He chose you to do His work. I always say this. There's a gift and a talent that He puts inside of each and every one of us that He expects us to utilize that talent for His kingdom. Now remember, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is present in each and every person on this planet. Meaning, Every person has access to the Holy Spirit. It's just a matter of you inviting him, following him, be obedient to him, right? And if you do this, then God has a specific and appointed assignment which your talent and ability that he's given you, right? To go out and to produce good fruit, to go out and to do good works, to go out to enlarge his kingdom. But you see, not everyone, not everyone invites the Holy Spirit out, invites Jesus into their life, right? Not everyone is obedient 
to the spirit. And when you're not obedient to the spirit, what happens? You miss out on the blessings that he has planned for your life. He says, continuing on in the scripture, but I choose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So he's saying two things in this passage. First, God wants to position us where we can be recipients of his love. That's the first thing. Now, love brings about a change in a person's life. It brings about a change in our life. Why? Well, just look at the scripture, John 3.16. What does John 3.16 tells us? It tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have what everlasting life. Now, notice God gave his son. Now, what was the outcome of that love? A new reality to those who receive Jesus, his son. In other words, you can say it's a salvation experience. It's a kingdom reality for our life. Amen. And, and if we do this, we're going to bear much fruit. That's what he's saying. Meaning a kingdom fruit, a kingdom experience that never ends. So we are expected to tell people about Jesus, about his kingdom, to do good deeds, to bear much fruit, to take on the character of Jesus, to take on the attributes of Jesus. Why? So his kingdom can be enlarged. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Now, this is the second time that he's made this promise in this study, right? Now, once again, everything relates to the kingdom of God. So he's speaking about the kingdom here, his kingdom. So whatever we ask in his name, if it falls in line with his will, his purposes, his plan in your life, and it has some type of kingdom interaction with it, or it has to do with, with bringing people to him or his kingdom, then whatever you ask for in his name, he's saying, I'm going to give it to you. Why? So his father, our heavenly father, can get all the glory. Our heavenly father can be glorified. Now he says, in my name. Remember what name means in the Bible. Name is synonymous with what? Character. The character of God, which is through Jesus. So we need to be asking ourselves. We need to ask ourselves this question right here. Do I or have I, and I continue to exemplify the character of Jesus? In other words, am I living like Jesus lived today? That's what we need to ask ourselves. Because this is what we should be striving for every morning that we wake up that the good Lord gives us an extra day. It's to bring people to Him, bring people to know His kingdom, present the gospel to people. Maybe you, you present it in a different way. Maybe you don't so much speak, but maybe you serve, right? Maybe you love and you bless people, you bless others. Maybe with food, financial Whatever the case may be, but it's a blessing where they see the light in you, that that light shines, that they are attracted to you. There's something special in you that you show that love to people. Why? Because Jesus is love and Jesus lives in you. Amen. Verse 17, last verse for today. This is my command. Look what he says. We just spoke about love is to love each other. So we should be praying that the love of God is manifested in and through us, right? 
We should be praying every day and trying to strive for this, that we make a positive impact on others, that when people see you, when people see me, when people see us, do they see Jesus Christ of Nazareth? Now, why do I say that? So that they come to know Jesus. Because if they know Jesus and they see the love through you that Jesus presents through you by means of the Holy Spirit, then they can go on to help other people. To tell other people about Christ, to tell other people about the kingdom of God. And like I said earlier, this was what we were created for, to fellowship with God. To be in the eternal kingdom of God. And that was the purpose at the very beginning of the book of Genesis, people, when God created the heavens and the earth. When God created man on the seventh, on, on, on the sixth day, on the seventh day he rested, it was to do what? This was his kingdom. It was for us to live peacefully, for us to fellowship, but sin stained that. Adam and Eve stained that, right? The devil deceived them. And because we stained by sin, Jesus had to, God the Father had to send his son Jesus to the cross. Not to cover it. Because the Old Testament, the law covered it. And that's not good enough. But it's to do what? To wash it away. And he washed that away, Jesus did, on Calvary. On the tree at Calvary. By the shedding of his blood. The blood of the Lamb. And that's how we can get to the kingdom. That is the only way to the kingdom. It's through Jesus Christ of Nazareth and what he did on the cross, the shedding of the blood, the shedding of the lamb's blood. Amen. Why is that? So we can become his disciples. We can become fruitful. We can make a positive impact in this world and on people. That when they see us, they see the goodness of Christ. They see the love of Jesus Christ of Nazareth in us. And they want to be a part of that love. No matter if you preach, you teach, you serve, you bless, whatever the case may be, that that love that you have by, by, through Jesus, by means of the Holy Spirit, that people see that love and that light and they are attracted to you. And you are bringing them to Jesus so they can know the kingdom, so they can go out and make more disciples and do what Jesus calls us to do, and that's enlarge the kingdom of God. Amen. And until next week, we sure do appreciate you all tuning in. We, 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 we go be a blessing. Like I say, I say this every week or just about every week and go bless someone this week. Let that light shine in you and bring one person to know Jesus this week. Man, if you can do that, man, do you, that's another person that we get into the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And actually we're going to be back. I'm sorry. Not next week. We're going to be back in two more weeks. So, in two weeks, we'll be back. We're going to continue on in the Gospel of John and chapter 15. We sure do appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, share this podcast. I'm, I'm on Facebook on uh, Crossfade Bible Ministries. It's a private group. If you want to be a part of it, ask for an invitation, and we'll more than you know we'll, we'll definitely accept you into the group. But uh, just just be spread the gospel, and that's what Jesus wants us to do: is, is be a light for people in this dark world because this world's dark. So until two weeks from now, we sure do appreciate it. We love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, and you have a blessed and wonderful two weeks. God bless you.